Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Kia ora, Mike. Um, thank you so much for having me on and talking about this topic that is very dear to my heart and I know is a real challenge for a lot of parents out there. And I was one of those parents who... Um, had had you know I was really committed to my my kids eating a very healthy diet and I was doing what a lot of parents um, do which is spending a lot of time and energy focusing on how do I get the enough nutrition into them at each meal you know making sure they eat their greens mm. and and kind of focusing on the meals and getting into a real mindset of that's good food, that's bad food, how do we how do we make sure they eat the good food and avoid the bad food? Mm. And that um, while, of course, that's a great intention, um, that didn't lead to good things yeah. <laughs> happening in my household, which I think is, is very common. And what sort of things are you saying there? You know, the, 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 it didn't quite marry up with what you had thought it would no so instead of having these instead of having these um eaters that would come to the table and and just gobble up the the food that I'd spent a lot of time preparing and and very interested in them eating um the the meal tail times became a real battle and very stressful for me mm-hmm. I felt a real failure like I was doing the wrong things and you know I would when um when I you know my kids were not didn't really like the foods that I thought they should eat a lot of and loved the foods that I was really wanting them to avoid and so I you know I went through this series of just thinking I just need to try harder and I just need to do it better and and it it was just miserable Mm. for all of us. What about your own story uh, Emma growing up? Yeah, it was really important to me to 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 um, feed my kids healthy because I'd had an eating disorder. And when I had my kids, while I wasn't an active eating disorder, I, I, I now look back and realise I still had very disordered eating. And by that, I mean, I still spent a lot of time in my mind thinking about what I should and shouldn't be eating and trying to control this and manage that and and just trying to survive this body that I felt incredibly uncomfortable in. And my eating disorder had taken me to a very dark and very dangerous place. And I, if there was one thing I was really committed to as a parent was not wanting my kids to have that same experience. Mm. I really, really was just like, if I can, if I can help them avoid that, I, I, I will, you know, that that's really important to me. And the only real, um, you know, that the way I thought that that would happen would be if I could teach them really young, what was good to eat and what was bad to eat. Mm. And, and that that would make them, turn into healthy eaters that would then kind of inoculate them from any kind of um, potential fatness or, um, you know, 
and 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 that they would feel good about their bodies if I did that. And um, very early on, I, I I started to see real red flags. Mm. Um, and that, as I, as I said, you know, it was just turning into um, a lot more, <laughs> you yeah. know, fighting and stress. And 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 as I talked to other parents, we had this real thing in common where where our kids were not loving that food they were you know indulging hugely in parties and um and we were being given advice from medical professionals to you know told you know perhaps it's time for some healthy habits because our kids weren't necessarily fitting into the to the size category that they were supposed to be fitting into even though we, we were trying so hard can you and without can you tell me what sort of foods you were talking about? Now, what your nutrient-rich um, foods that you were giving your children, um, what were they? Were, were they a bit boring for the kids, or um, what was it about them? Not well, enough I, sweet, not enough sugar? Think, <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think that the more important thing is to, to understand that I had a view of what was healthy and what was unhealthy. Yeah. And, and there's so much conflicting information about that um you know you, you don't have to go far to get two completely different opinions about what we should and what we shouldn't be teaching our kids and I think the really important thing that I've learned is that our kids have a really incredible ability to eat what is right for them yep. and that if we actually get out of the way and you're providing a diet that has a lot of variety and has vegetables and fruits and mm. and, and proteins and carbs and you know all the just the the whole gamut mm. of 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 what it what you know human beings can eat um without getting into a trap of oh we can't have that and we've got to limit this and we've got to you know mm. but providing the variety and then giving them the opportunities to really um know what works for them because we're all unique there's no such thing as a healthy diet that is healthy for everyone mm. we're all you know we we all have a very unique um body mm. that that what what is really a, a good choice for me might be a terrible choice for you you know we just don't know that yeah and so when did you kind of realize that this wasn't working what were the sort of you mentioned red flags before yeah, I had a I had a moment where one of my children was was um, in in the kitchen and um, we had sweets in the cupboard that were you know I I had huge restrictions on sugar and was really doing my best to absolutely limit mm. any sugar um, and I walked into the kitchen and they were shoving sweets into their mouth. Yes, normal, and, normal children. I mean, we can all, yeah, yeah, that's right. We can relate to that. But what happened was, is they looked up at me with this kind of guilt and fear and shame on their face, mm. and it really stopped me in my tracks, Mark. It really just the the it just I just knew in that moment this is not going to this is not going to go well. This is already I can see. In this smart young face, mm. the kind of relationship I had with my body and the way I ate, mm. and it really, um, really put the fear in me. Mm. And 
and from there I realized what I was doing this kind of this kind of dedication to them being healthy eaters just didn't was just not working mm. and I from then I took my kind of research skills that I learned during writing my thesis dissertation that to, to go and look and say do we actually know like like is this the way like have, has this been has this been researched is this the way to develop a long-term healthy eater who also has a healthy relationship with their body you know like we don't like I was saying maybe maybe this is the way to get nutrients into kids but is it at the cost of their mental health you know and if that's the case it's not really healthy mm. and so I went so so I took my skills and started to look at the research and um, I was lucky enough to be able to to have an ability to go is this actually is this methodology sound or is this not <laughs> or is this sounding helpful but actually is based on shonky methodology and also I knew who to ask if I was unsure of that question and I, it's, I started to get a picture that was incredibly different to what I had you know to what the common parenting advice is mm. and and, and that picture, you know, has got about 100 years of data behind it, which was so surprising to me because those common parenting kind of tools and strategies just aren't backed up so by the data that we have. The research saying that a child who uh, has their diet largely controlled by parents um, when growing up is likely to eat less nutritious diet when older. Is that sort of what you're suggesting? That, that, is, actually, that is actually the case, yeah. yes, it, which has really surprised why, why me. Why is that? Is it just because the parents are dictating the kids sort of are reacting? Is that is that what it is? Yeah, it, 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 that's that's part of it. it, it it's it's a it's a complex picture with with lots of different things. So first of all, we interfere with their ability to listen to their own body and what feels good in their body, and we actually know that people who are tuned in to how their body feels naturally want to eat a wide variety of nutritious food and and unnutritious food like it's but but they but but we actually feel good when we um nourish ourselves well mm. and we need to let kids learn actually to do that and not try and do that for them. The other thing is, is when we start to put rules around, you're not allowed this, you have to eat that before you can get that, um, you know, you, you know, that's bad for you and that's good for you. We start to get kids to eat secretly and to sneak um, and to feel ashamed of what they're eating because the foods that we want to limit and demonize often uh taste so so good <laughs> and and kids just want to want them and so instead of feeling free to go oh that's so delicious i've eaten it and now i don't actually want any more they get into a cycle of eating as much as they can in case they don't ever have access to it again right right and so that really interrupts their ability to listen to their body and also to feel comfortable eating until it's no longer enjoyable and then stopping. Mm. So, I mean, you think of children and you think uh, left to their own devices. I mean, I, I imagine, and perhaps you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but that, that they would choose <laughs> the bad stuff every time, you know, because it's more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's very interesting. It's very interesting, Mark, that you should say that because we kind of had this kind of binary idea about food. It's like we're either managing them or we're leaving them 
completely with no rules at all. Mm. And that's not what I'm suggesting at all. I'm, I'm suggesting that we need to change our perspective a little bit so that we're looking long term. How do we how do we teach our kids to be competent eaters by the time they leave home? You know, so they know how to nourish themselves. They're not overthinking. They don't have a poor relationship with their body. And they eat the same way whether someone's observing them or not. So that's a long game, not a short game. So, so we need to change that. So we need some different kind of rules and boundaries. And when you're right, when kids have been restricted, if they're suddenly unrestricted, you will see them eating a lot more than perhaps feels comfortable mm. to, to, to us of those foods. But kids tend to very quickly once they know that those restrictions are not in place anymore and that they are in the driver's seat, it becomes uninteresting to them anymore. When they know they're going to get it again, yeah. there's yep. no need to, mm -hmm. to go crazy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's learning how, and we go into that in the book a lot, it's learning how to, to change from that short-term perspective into the long-term perspective with, with just a different set of rules and strategies. So what, what age are you focusing on really for, for the children I mean are you talking from sort of you know once they're eating solids or is it uh, the, the, the you know eight or nine year olds or the, the teenagers or teenagers or whatever <laughs> yeah look look the, the if if you can if you can get this information when your kids just going on to solids oh, it would just I mean I just yeah. so I, I wrote the book I wish I'd had yes if, if you know which I know is a common story, but but I really do wish I'd known this from from when my kids were younger. But I also work with with parents who have teenagers, and just understanding some of these principles makes so much difference to the way they approach food and feeding in their house. The kind of conversations they have about food and bodies, and that can start any time. From you know, even when you've got adult kids, that that can start. Um, some of the obviously some of the strategies are slightly different as as your kids get older, and then obviously the piece that comes in more when kids are slightly older is the effect of media on yeah. on our kids' body image and, and the way they eat. Yeah. How how do you develop a competent eater then? What's what would be your great strategy or your your best advice? So there's in the book I go through ten um, ten principles, and I, I won't go through every one of them here today. But but again, it's it's like these ten principles really really focus on that, that long term shift. And and a couple of the things just to give people a sense of what I mean is we really want to get away from the binaries of food. You know that's good, that's bad, that's healthy, that's unhealthy, mm -hmm. um, and we also want to drop rewards. So a, a really common parenting technique is to go, oh, if you finish that, you can have that. Yes. Um, that's that's <laughs> um, that's kind of suggesting that. That food is so good; it's a reward, yes. you know. Yes. And that, and it's also kind of says to a kid, "I don't really believe you'll ever like that, because you have to have something. Uh, you have to have a reward yes. in order to get it. So that's switching from being very, be, having an attitude that your child will learn to love that food for its own sake." Mm. 
and you know the, the, and, and we go through ways you can do that like it's some of it is in the conversation and saying things like I know that might be hard to like now but you'll get there because that's that's what happens as your as your taste develops mm. and as you mature and uh, you, you know another another thing I suggest is really having no food talk at the dinner table like really let's the dinner table is a so, so kids eat not just for nutritional well, all humans eat not just for nutritional needs but we're social creatures and every culture in the world socializes around food it's a hugely emotionally satisfying um experience mm. to eat in a group it makes us feel like we belong and that's a really important um sense of safety for our kids that they belong at the dinner table that they're welcome and as adults we all know what it's like to turn up somewhere and just be hounded about what we're not doing right and what we're doing wrong and do this and being you know like like we're being observed and, and, and managed and micromanaged and you know and this happens a lot at the table as our kids come there and they're just focused on what they should and shouldn't and told to do this and that and the other and and it's like let's take the food talk away from the table and just let our kids eat and and feel you know like taste it <laughs> experience what it's like to eat the meal and be really really welcome at that table so to do that we need to actually engage in conversation with our kids about them finding out about their day who they are what's going on for them rather than focusing on how much or how little they've eaten so emma the book is called body confident a modern and practical guide to raising happy eaters and and again uh, who are you aiming at? Is it parents across the board, effectively? So would it, would it really someone is, with a yeah, newborn yes. be should be reading this to, to get a, a, a really decent guide right from the start? Absolutely, Mark. It, it really is like if you're if you're if you get this right from the get go, it'll give you a whole new perspective that will make a massive difference and avoid a lot of stress and anxiety and fighting um, with your kids. And at the as teenagers, there's a lot in there that's helpful around screens, social media, and having those conversations. It's not to, you know like it's never too late to to have a new perspective and to have some different conversations mm. with our kids. And that's we address a lot of that in the book. Mm. And I even see that you 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 write that sugar can be part of a healthy diet. Yes, indeed. And I know, I know. If you know, if I was talking to to Emma ten years younger than she is today, I, I would have raised my eyebrows at that and <laughs> been a little cynical and sceptical of that. But what I've come to learn, Mark, when on this invest, you know, on this process of really looking at the data we have, is the idea that sugar is is healthy and, and bad for us is is really uh, the, the data is not convincing mm. it's it's not clear so what I, what I what we do know here's what we do know we do know that if you eat a diet that is pretty much all sugar you're going to be really unhealthy if you eat a diet that is pretty much any one nutrient you're going to be pretty unhealthy like mm. if I ate 90% broccoli and, you know, 10% other can be pretty unhealthy. Human beings work really well with variety. 
and with with lots of variety and lot and we know that fruits and vegetables are really good for long-term health but just because fruits and vegetables are good for long-term health doesn't mean that sugar as part of a varied diet mm. is going to be bad for us so what I really want to do, what 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 is what I really want to do, what I really want people to know is that food is healthy and unhealthy in context. There is no such thing as a food that is healthy and a food that is unhealthy. It's all context. It, it's all in context. So that means that when it's when sugar is unhealthy is when we become really obsessed with it. And when and and we get into what is called a binge restrict cycle, and that cycle tends to start with restriction. So when we start to go, oh, sugar's really bad. I won't eat it. I'll restrict it. That is the quickest way we know how to get someone to eat a lot more than feels good for them is to restrict it first. So when you take all restrictions away from sugar and you have a, a, a relaxed, um, a, a, a relaxed, unobsessed relationship with it, you naturally don't eat more than feels good. Mm. And it doesn't really feel good to mm. eat a lot of sugar. Mm. Balance in all things, eh? The old attitude. Well, balance is... Ironically, like a lot of people ask me, so you're so you're um, endorsing a balanced diet, and what I say is no. I, I, it's not that I'm endorsing a balanced diet. Is it's when we teach our kids to be competent eaters, they are way more likely to end up balanced diet eaters. So it's not like we're trying to. It's not like we're trying to control them into being balanced. It's that this is a if we let go of our expectations about what goes into their mouth and 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 focus on a different set of rules, then they are more likely to be adults who have a really balanced diet. Emma, lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much. Uh, once again, the book, Body Confident, A Modern and Practical Guide to Raising Happy Eaters. Good luck with it, and thanks for sharing your, your wonderful advice. My pleasure, Mark. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.